Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. All right, this is the first time I'm speaking about this publicly. I have some big news about the podcast, something exciting and important. Let me explain. Over the last decade, we've all watched as sports figures have opened up to the world whether via sites like the Players' Tribune, their own social accounts, their voice in press conferences, what they wear, how they display their worldviews, we've gotten to know athletes better. As I've said many times prior on this show, in my era, we never really knew how guys like Joe Montana or Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky or Ricky Henderson felt about the world. We knew how they played and how they acted as teammates, and that was about it. Well, back in June, when George Floyd was murdered and peaceful protests took over the streets of our nation, they also took over the arenas. Athletes continued to use their voice and sports dove further into this concept of becoming this vehicle and platform for social justice and expression. I, for one, love this. I hate the shut up and dribble mantra as if athletes were placed here to sing and dance and run for us just to entertain. These are human beings with important views and global impact. And it's time we watch and listen and learn with an open heart. Sports has become intertwined with social justice, utilizing its power and platform to force positive change. This is the new normal. At the same time as George Floyd, a group of diverse young professionals also stood out from the rest of the crowd. The 2020 cohort of the Minor League Baseball Field Program, which stands for Fostering Inclusion Through Education and Leadership Development, it's a fantastic program. It should be heralded and celebrated. This group, the 2020 cohort, spoke up loud and clear when Minor League Baseball was silent. George Floyd was murdered. The sports world took notice. Minor League Baseball was quiet. The field program spoke up. At the time, I was incredibly impressed with their unity, fearlessness, and voice. I only wish I had this strength at their age. I began connecting with each and every member of the cohort, offering to help them with their careers and network. Just did it on the down low. Just wanted to let them know from somebody else in the industry that I really re respected and supported what they were doing. One young woman amongst this group, Adrian Brown, took it one step further. She asked if we could do a series of podcasts with the field cohort to discuss being young and diverse while trying to work and make a name for yourself in the sports industry. And enthusiastically, I said yes. In the month of October, we will debut our four-part series titled Moving Forward and featuring young, diverse professionals speaking their truth and sharing their experiences. We just conducted our first interview sessions last week, and I really could not have been more impressed with our first two guests. Jalen Mitchell, an incredibly impressive student at Howard University, and Gerald Taylor, a recent graduate of Virginia State who is trying to stand out in the world of diversity and inclusion. The conversation is eye-opening and important, and we'll be doing three more of them in the coming weeks and then publishing them all throughout the month of October. Please 
listen with an open heart and mind. Just listen. You're not being asked to do anything other than listen. Okay, on to today's question. Keisha from Chicago. Hey, Brian, I've heard you recently in two different Zoom sessions, and I was captivated by your talks. Oh, thanks, Keisha. You have a very engaging demeanor and speak with so much passion. I have a follow-up question if you don't mind answering it. You talked about the most important traits you need for the sports industry, being competitive, coachable, and curious. I wrote them down to keep me inspired. But I do have a question. Is being competitive just another way of saying working hard? Okay, Keisha, I am really excited by this question. You submitted it via LinkedIn, and many times I just respond personally to questions. You know, somebody messages me on LinkedIn, maybe it's a topic we've already covered before, maybe it's something I can answer in a sentence rather than a full-on podcast, so I just answer. You know, I just do a personal answer. But this was one I was like, all right, let's elevate this to the Monday podcast. So here goes. No, working hard is not the same as being competitive. I'll explain. But let me run through the other traits just to get everybody else up to speed. Then we'll dive into the difference between being competitive and working hard. Okay. It's true. I try to get these attributes and traits across in just about every presentation because I believe they are vital. These are like the important traits and people when they hire want to see these things. So let's explain them. Let's start with coachable. I always look for new ways to articulate and back up my theories, right? Because this idea of being coachable, competitive, and curious is something I've said for a long time, but you're always looking for, as a speaker or as a teacher, you're always looking for new ways to cut through and get across to people, new ways to get the same message through so that more people absorb it. So I'm going to go at this a little bit differently this time. For those of you who have heard me talk about this before, um, My daughter, who is 13, was watching a show on Netflix this past weekend with Reese Witherspoon interviewing powerful women of industry to share their story and journey. We always like to steer our daughter towards girl power narratives so she knows she can do anything. I think that's so powerful to see others achieving and knowing that that could be your truth. Okay. The interview series is great. In one episode, Reese interviews the director, Ava DuVernay who directed Selma, 13th, Wrinkle in Time. 13th is an incredible documentary for those of you that haven't read it, uh, watched it. Um, Very cool and inspiring woman, okay? She talked about how she didn't go to film school, and she literally learned how to direct by watching director's cuts of movies, where the directors basically explain every single thing they did and why. I thought that was ingenious. That's a side note. Pretty incredible example, though, of being coachable. Like, she literally found out a way to learn things and found out a way to get to the top of her game by using those tools that were around her and available. She was creative in getting the knowledge she needed. But that's not even what I wanted to point out. She talked about hiring staff, and this is where I always perk up. You know, I'm watching this with my daughter. I'm thinking very much about my daughter, and yet she starts talking about hiring, and I'm like, wait, what? Huh? (laughs) You know, I'm listening very intently, right? So anyway, she says um, that she she, she hires a lot of people, and that there are a lot of people that go into making a movie. And she said, I've learned that I don't need to hire someone who is perfect and knows how to do everything perfectly. I want to hire people who are passionate excited and willing and open to learning and being taught open to learning and being taught that's coachable i'm guessing ava duvernay has a style and vision and process she wants her employees to follow so be on board with that experience fall in line with your coach 
your boss, your leader. They are trying to get you to do things in their vision that they want for your organization. Falling into that, learning and being coachable and following their process is so important. Open to learning and being taught. I say this all the time. The other part that she mentioned was she wants to hire people who are passionate and excited. I say this all the time. In the interview process, being excited and passionate sells you as someone others want to be around. And then being open to learning and improving is it's so important. Make it clear you are a continual learner and that you strive to grow and expand. And that is what excites you. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have every single skill. You need skills. You need to have some skills, right? You will likely never have it all figured out, but the journey to trying is what excites you. Secondary example, one of my favorite quotes is from Bill Belichick, Patriots head coach. Maybe you've heard of him. It's not exactly a direct quote. It's more of like a uh, philosophy. He says all the time, don't be an error repeater, meaning it's okay to make a mistake, but don't keep making the same mistake. If I've taught you something once and told you how I want it done, don't keep doing it the wrong way. That's all part of being coachable, listening, learning, and putting the the things you've learned and listened to to work. Okay, curious. If someone asked me to describe myself, I'd say, I'm curious. I want to learn about everything. I find excitement in new things, new conversations, new careers, new experiences. In the sports industry, which is constantly evolving and changing, you can't afford to be just who you are right now and stay that way forever. You have to keep pushing. And the way you do that is by being curious. Learn about other things. Learn about analytics, esports, social media ad buying, zone blitzes, cover three, double switches, everything. The more curious you are, the more you are willing to expand your knowledge. And that's the type of people that are desired within an organization. Those who want to learn, push, and are curious to drive into new areas. And finally, Keisha, we get to your question. My favorite part of this conversation, hard work versus competitiveness, right? As I stated earlier, I look for better and new ways to describe my ideas all the time. I mean, I can tell it to you in my voice, but sometimes it helps to come at it from a different direction. So today I'm going to channel my inner Kara Lawson. Carol Lawson is the women's basketball coach at Duke. She was an assistant coach with the Boston Celtics and the fifth overall pick in the 2003 NBA WNBA draft. She won the WNBA championship in 2005, was an all-star in 2007, won the league sportsmanship award twice and the community leadership award once. In conclusion, she's a badass and you should listen to her. And I'm going to share her story a little bit right now. Kara in addressing her team at Duke, explained the difference between hard work and being competitive. She said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but just get it in your voice that I'm a women's basketball coach right now. Get it in your mind. Okay. She said, if I told one of you to line up on the baseline and told you that you have a certain amount of time to do a certain amount of sprints, you'd do it. You'd work hard at it. You'd be out of breath and you'd be tired. Now, if I put four of you on the baseline told you the same constraints, a certain amount of time to do a certain amount of sprints, would you run differently? Do you run differently when it is by yourself versus when you are running against others? If I give you a task and give you some constraints on the task and it's hard, it's a hard task, 
as your boss, your coach, your leader, I can force you to work hard. You can't force someone to compete. They either either have that in them, that innate desire to beat everyone else around them, or they don't. Okay, so that's Carol Lawson. Now back to me. In life, you will work hard. You'll have hard days, hard assignments, hard challenges. That is completely normal. Competitiveness is different. It is a frame of mind, a willingness to beat and outdo everyone around you. That you work differently when others are given the same task, the same challenge as you. You are lined up against them. That's competing. That when given the challenge of work, you see it as a chance to not just work hard, but a chance to win. I'll give you an example. When I first started at CNN Sports Illustrated, I was an editor cutting up game highlights. Now, this is a meritocracy. At the beginning of each night, you start your shift and get your assignments. There are 10 to 15 editors each night. And I wanted to be the one getting the best game. So there's 10 to 15 of us. We are working the same same shift from 6 at night until 2 in the morning. There is an allotment of games, right? They are not assigned out evenly. It's not like, okay, you get the lead story this night, and you get the lead story tomorrow night, and you get this important game the next night. It doesn't work that way. The best people rise to the top. It's a meritocracy. So there's 15, 10 to 15 editors each night. We're all given the same essential task. We're editors. We're going to be editing game highlights. Our bosses assign out who gets the top jobs. I wanted that lead story every night. I wanted to be on the top game of the night because that meant I was the best. And my bosses who gave out the assignments knew it. In a real world, in the real world, it's a meritocracy. There isn't a rotation of different people getting the lead game each night. The best for performers get the best work, and I was always dying to be the top dog. I didn't want to get assigned three games a night, do my work well, and go home. Three random games. Do some crappy baseball game or some low-level basketball game that nobody cares about that might be in the last block of the show. That wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to get the top games of the night, do my work better than anybody else, and get the top games again tomorrow night. Because the more you prove yourself and the better job you do, you get the plum assignments each night. There were plenty of people I worked with that were content to get their assignments, didn't care less what games they were. They had a task to do. They did the task. They worked hard. They went home at the end of the night, completed what they were supposed to do. They worked hard. Everyone I worked with worked hard. Not everyone was competitive. Being competitive will set you apart. Add in being curious and being coachable and you are unstoppable. And this is where you become a salesperson, even when you aren't in sales, because your goal now is to sell yourself to others and let them know you have these attributes. How are you going to get the message out that you are coachable, competitive, and curious? That's the story you need to tell. All right, Keisha, I think that covers it for the week. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you on Wednesday, and I can see you every day if you connect with me on LinkedIn and join me in our private Facebook community by searching for the Work and Sports Podcast on Facebook. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask still and plan to vote. Vote, vote, vote. This is my platform, and I'm using it to tell you to vote.